This podcast is a continuation of the previous podcast. So if you haven't already listened to the one before where we talked about what is an FTP and what you should do with it, perhaps worth giving that a listen. Because today we're going to start talking about how you're going to use that FTP number to start managing your training load really effectively. Um, we're going to talk about some of the software packages that you can use, Strava, Training Peaks, and Excert. That's really going to help you become your own coach. If that sounds interesting. Let's get into it. Now, first of all, what is training load? This is an important concept to get your head around to start with because your body is amazing. Your body will adapt to almost any situation you try and give it if you allow that training adaptation to happen we can go deep water dive in we can go high altitude mountaineering we can cycle around the world or we can compete in strongman competitions if you do the training your body will adapt to the stress and the strain that you put on it however if you overtrain you end up in a bit of a pickle, <laughs> to, to be fair. You get stressed, uh, you'll get a hormone imbalance, you will get very fatigued, um, and a result of that, you'll end up with poor quality sleep, you'll get a buildup of cortisol, and ultimately you end up with a poor performance. So understanding the importance of training load, the stress and the strain that you're about to put your body under in order to create an adaptation is really important because too much training can actually have a very, very negative effect. And I would say that in today's cycling climate, this is something that we see really frequently because Zwift and Ruby and Full Gas and all those sort of software, which are fantastic, they're almost too good because they encourage you to ride more. They've taken that computer game uh, philosophy of keep feeding you more things like drops and scores which just keeps you re um re-engaging with the platform and they've learned from social media and it's and it's brilliant it does get people riding lots it also gets people riding too much and we do see more and more athletes suffering from overtraining in this new zwift type era that we're in so I think it's important that we start to discuss things like how you manage your training load. So we end up on the right side of our fitness and not on the wrong side of our fitness. Essentially, today's podcast is about finding balance. With all this adrenaline, enthusiasm, motivation that we get from these platforms, it can quite easily cloud our judgment and whenever we think we might be tried because you get that phone call from your mate you get that notification on your phone you see those scores pop up it can cloud what we'd normally check in with our bodies and try to feel so some sort of help from a visual guide that gives us time to reflect and consider what our training load is i think is a good thing and having those multiple inputs is what this is all about okay you can check in with your body you can reflect how do i feel should i train today how hard should i train today it takes quite a lot of experience to be able to do that really really well and i think that once you start using some of this software you'll very 
quickly, um, possibly even within a year, have the ability to understand your body so much better that you can start taking these decisions a bit more on the hoof rather than having this. I think having a visual representation when you're really starting to get your head around this concept is really important actually because we we learn kinesthetically and visually and having that visual input is really important now there's three main bits of software i think are doing this really well i know that there are others but there's three that i want to talk about today the first one is going to be strava because i think we all are familiar if you're a cyclist the chances are that you're on strava whether you're on the premium package or not it's it's a good place to start the next one is Training Peaks, which has been around for a long, long time, very well established, um, can get quite complex. And the third one I want to talk about is relatively new to the market, and that's called Exer. It's a personal favorite of mine, and I understand that it's not that popular, but we're going to cover it a little bit of it. I'm not going to push it, but I want to cover it. So in Strava, then, if you go under the fitness and freshness you'll start to see a graph that is drawn for you based on all the ride data that you've put up based on fitness fatigue and form now it's only going to really be accurate if you're uploading good quality power meter derived data however if you're using a heart rate monitor in combination with a cadence sensor it can very accurately Um, predict your power and those stats will actually become quite accurate however if you're riding quite ad hoc and it's trying to base it on speed it 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 can it can get messy to be honest so like anything it does depend on the quality of the data that you feed it in order for the quality of the, the feedback it gives you so just bear that in mind i'm assuming that most people listening to this podcast probably have a smart trainer so that indoor rides are using a power meter probably have a heart rate whether you use it out on the road or not and probably have a some sort of a cadence sensor if not a cadence sensor is a fairly inexpensive uh, addition now the reason that cadence sensor is important is because you can take those heart rate and cadence data together to more accurately predict power and i know that strava does that but it's not great um and also if you only just look into it today chances are those numbers are going to be almost nonsense. It takes a good month of good quality data to really get a good read on this. So when you do, you've got this this fitness score. And the fitness score is like your critical training low. This is actually a, quite a nice way of monitoring your fitness as opposed to just looking at your FTP or your peak power. Actually looking at your fitness score is a nicer way to think about your fitness because it's more holistic. It takes into account the training volume and the training intensity over a time. And you can set yourself goals of how fit you want to be for a particular occasion, a race, for instance, uh, how fit you want to maintain. It gives you a nice little warning signal when you may be detraining because you can't keep going on getting better. There's always an off season. There has to be a point where you just let your body recover, relax, you know, but there's a nice level to find where you can find that, that balance and then ramp it up when you need to. Now, in Training Peaks, they use the same language. They use fitness, fatigue, and form. And Exer, it's slightly different. They use the fitness signature, fatigue, and form. Now, the fatigue and the form are the critical things because as we train, we accumulate that training stress. Remember, we talked about training stress score. Um, and 
as you get tired, your ability to perform depletes. So you will see that as your training stress accumulates, your form, your ability to have a high performance goes down. That makes sense. However, as you rest, you will have a detraining effect. So you might see your fitness decrease. However, because you're rested and recuperated and feeling fresh, your ability to perform becomes higher. So finding this balance between accumulating the training stress, getting your body to adapt to the training load, and then allowing enough time to recover so that you come back to a fully rested recovery on form condition and sacrifice a little bit of fitness score is the right way to do. Now, so essentially you build your fitness in little plateaus. You take a little ramp up, a little ramp up, and then a little ramp down, accept that little drop in fitness while you, your form recovers and your body adapts. Remember, the adaptation really does happen in the recovery phase when you let your body do its thing. Now, the next part of this equation becomes into how you manage that in terms of volume and intensity. And in the last podcast, we talked about that 80-20 rule of polarizing your training where 80% of your training can be easy. And when I say easy, we mean really, really easy, like way easier than you probably imagine. It takes, you know, a certain person to really train like that and just you know, get into the headspace of training uh, really, really easy. And then the other side at 20%, when you are rested and you are fully recovered and you're on form, that's when you do your really hard, intense, and you can really hit those um, high numbers. And that's what that's about. It's about giving your body the ability to overload it. And if you just keep doing the same intensity, that same mid intensity, you're always a bit too tired to really perform at your best. Um, and also a bit too tired to really get an accumulation in fitness, which is why this polarized model has been so proven to be um, so, so important. So the volume of your training, the amount of hours you do is of critical importance. But remember, you can't just go from couch to marathon, you know, you, you have to build this up in steps. And so managing that training load through one of these bits of software can be really useful because if you've come from a relatively untrained cyclist maybe you've been ill or whatever and you suddenly go out and do 10 hours this week you're going to find yourself very tired very quickly however if you're doing six hours of training a week right now and you want to build up to 15 hours a week for your peak performance building in a bit more volume week on week on week on week your body will respond and all of a sudden 15 hours a week might actually become very tolerable however if you went and did 15 hours a week from now you know having done virtually no cycling you are going to really, <laughs> really suffer, you know. So your body will adapt. You just got to give it that time and the space to do it. Now, the other thing with this is you can't expect your body to just do all the volume in one go. And it's really, really th- easy to think, right, I'm just going to go out and do a big, long five, six hour ride on a Saturday. Fantastic. Done my six hours of training. I'm going to go and get a curry, sit back, <laughs> relax. And then you spend all week recovering because the training effect of that one big ride will have depleted by the time you get to the following Saturday. So there's no training um, advantage. Essentially, you're just yo-yoing your, your fitness. And we see this. We see this loads, if I'm honest, where 
trying to cram all their training in on a weekend and don't do anything midweek. And if you use those apps we talked about, Strava, Training Peaks, Excerpt, you'll see that visually represented because you'll see a big jump in your fitness, a depletion of your form, and then throughout the week, you'll see that fitness number drop, 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 form comes back up, and you enter the next weekend in exactly the same condition that you spent had the last weekend. You made no fitness gain, and that's what we're after. We're trying to gain fitness. So it is important that your volume, your frequency of that volume is balanced out throughout the week so that we get this nice rise of, of your fitness and then enough adaptation to rest at the weekend and do your performance. That's what it's all about. There's one little point here that I want to raise that the algorithms involved in all this sort of software are only really done for cycling and they're really based around using a power meter. They're based around the FTP score, that TSS, that intensity factor that we talked about in the in the last podcast. Training Peaks has done a pretty good job of managing running and swimming, but really they're, they're designed for cycling packages. You can put other sports in, but it messes with the algorithm a little bit. My personal opinion on this is that I think we should account for other activities and it's worth doing, but be very, very careful how we do it. For example, we know how really vital strength training is to all sports. Strength is that foundation of all sports, yet strength can have a very weird effect when you start putting it into these bits of software because you don't really raise your heart rate in the same way you don't really produce power however if you're doing strength training well are you trying to build strength not bulky muscles then that strength training can actually have quite a fatiguing effect and i think that really needs to be acknowledged in this so i think it's worth logging them however with a little bit of caution um generally speaking with my athletes we say 20 tss per hour for strength training but um and this is why i like exer is then account for that extra fatigue because in exer you can there's like a little slider bar the way you can just go i've done 20 tss per hour i've done a little strength workout but i can move the fitness slider into the fatigue side and then account for that in another way anyway um i want to get on to what a typical 10 hour week might look like with all of this in mind and then we'll just discuss that more in the next podcast so let's say i think a 10-hour week is good to work with like a 10-hour week feels like it's an athlete that is doing that's making good progress if you're only doing six hours a week then your general goal is to try and find 10 hours a week you might do more than that you might do less so oh i like to like to think about making intelligent decisions based on what you've done at the weekend in this case a sunday now sunday can be one of two things it can either be base ride day or it can be a race day where you've done some high intensity this time of year generally speaking when you're thinking about your training it's probably going to be a base training day and that base training can be between three to five hours or more you know depending on your training load remember we talked about that but we're looking for that under 50 tss an hour so easy that's under 70% of your FTP, probably more likely 50 to 60% of your FTP on average. So super, super easy. It's like wrap up warm, have a chat to your mates, just enjoy a nice steady ride. I promise you, you will get fitness gains. 
And then because you're rested, we can now start doing some intensity in the week. Um, and Monday, I think, is a great time to do this because we always want to think about the next weekend when we're going to start doing our fun activities again. So Monday is a great time to get that really high intensity stuff done. Now, this isn't a Zwift race because the Zwift race isn't the high intensity. <laughs> I know it feels hard. I know you're sweating. I know you're exhausted, but you're probably not hitting the really big, high power numbers. You're just slightly above your FTP, slightly below. Maybe there's a big sprint at the end. What we're talking about are those really big numbers. So intervals, intervals, intervals. What type of intervals? Another podcast. The other way of doing this, if it's the off-season, is doing a power-based strength workout like kettlebells or something like that where it's more a dynamic type of move rather than purely heavy. Tuesday, I think, always makes a pretty good rest or recovery day, but at the same time, having a good consideration about your core strength and your conditioning. It's a great time to get some yoga, some Pilates, maybe a little bit of light circuit training where you're starting to work on things like skills, balance, proprioception, that sort of thing, or you just take a full rest day. Wednesday is the time when you want to start doing another short ride, not as hard as as Monday and if you really really do enjoy your Zwift racing Wednesday is probably the day to have that sweet spot hit and if you can if you can handle the training load do a really good heavy leg strength day so this is like deadlifts uh, squats that sort of thing now if you're not trained in weightlifting then get some help with that but that's a good time to get those um leg workouts done because of the fatiguing effect remember thursday therefore becomes our endurance ride we're starting that recovery getting ready for the weekend and i say activity i don't necessarily want you to be constrained to cycling only going for a really good long walk or light jog things like that so if you are a multi-sport athlete thursday is a good chance to do more endurance base so again how many hours that is depends on your training load we should look for at least an hour if you're doing an hour on the turbo trainer that's around 70 to 75 percent because you can just hold that level yeah or just get outside and have and have a have a have a good steady ride friday definitely want to take a rest day here bit of yoga bit of relaxing that sort of thing and then saturday I always think is uh, the day we have our fun. You know, this is the day we should enjoy the ride. Get out there, ride, have that exciting, fun ride with your mates, with the cycling club. Maybe that's your race day, your cyclist sportif, whatever it is, as long as the training load sort of fits into that. And then you can make that decision on how long your endurance ride is going to be for that for that, um, the following Sunday. Now, that's roughly how a 10-hour week would break down. The other thing to consider with this is that you can't just keep doing that week on week on week. So generally speaking, we have three weeks on and a week off. So you can do something like that for three weeks. And then on your fourth week, just rein everything back a bit, you know, go lighter in the gym and go easier on the turbo trainer, knock some volume off, knock some intensity off as well. And with those two words in your mind, volume and intensity, that is going to become the subject of our next podcast the balance between volume and intensity in the next episode oh we're also going to include how to balance strength training effectively as well hope you're looking forward to that i'll see you on the next one